Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, the email is Pete at the PeteCallanerShow.com and also on the Twitter machine. It's at Pete Callaner. Uh, and I've got actually, a, it's a Pete tweet. Pete, please turn yourself into CMPD for murdering Brian on the air. I do appreciate his call. I, I mean, you know, just as a heads up, um, Oh, we lost Tiffany. Tiffany didn't want to come on. Oh, well. Oh, Tiffany, call back. I was going to take you next. I I enjoy having discussions with people that disagree with me. Brian's problem, or not his problem, but his, uh, his mistake there <clears throat> was if you wanted the answer to the question, you would have started off by asking the question. But when you start off by, by you know, lathering up the question with all sorts of racism and prejudice, then I know that you're not actually interested in the question or in the answer. You're not actually approaching this in any kind of a good faith sort of way. You don't care about the question. You're going to try to pose a question to me as a gotcha, as a trap, right? And you think that this was a brilliant question that was somehow or another going to out me as something that you think is deplorable, right? Um, and that didn't turn out the way you thought it would because it didn't out me as anything. You then, uh, like, you then, uh, oh, hang on. Uh, let me get my researchers on uh, on this. Uh, yeah. If you didn't hear the last call, Brian. Then, yeah, after Brian was thoroughly humiliated because I actually answered his question, but I also laid out the framework for why I was going to answer it the way I was answering it. I think at one point he, I mean, he called me a lawyer. And, and that is the most offensive thing you can you can call me. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I kid the lawyers. Um, but the um, the 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 point there about the researchers, he says, oh, you got to get your researchers to pull stuff up for you. I don't need researchers to to come up with some examples of of black history, black American history that should be taught. Like North Carolina, but it's different. Every grade level is different, right? The requirements in different classes are different. So it have to be age appropriate, obviously. We should not be we should not be using critical theory, critical consciousness. We should not be implementing this pedagogy in K twelve. I understand at the Harvard Law School level where a couple of crits used to teach it and all of that. I understand all of that. But K twelve? No. But they literally say in this piece that I was reading from, the uh, Associated Press article, Democrats challenged Republican claims that this bill, this anti-critical race theory bill, this Parents' Bill of Rights, basically, uh, uh, the House Democrats argued that a comprehensive history education should make students uncomfortable. And my question to that is why? Why should American history make you uncomfortable make me uncomfortable make anybody uncomfortable why why is that the intended purpose because that's what they say now unless of course the associated press is misquoting them or something or mischaracterizing it 
But I will assume that the AP reporter got this correct and, and summarized their position correctly. So why should you be made to feel uncomfortable for the actions of another person? So that's a, that's a really fundamental question, right? I didn't do that thing. Am I going to be held collectively responsible for the actions of other, of other people? Why? Well, that's a rejection of individualism, liberty. I mean, that's a rejection of Western Enlightenment ideals. You don't get to throw people in jail for the debts of their fathers and mothers and grandfathers. Or, or are you saying we should? Is that the way you would like to proceed? Is this a, uh, the society that you envision where I find out something about your racist grandparents and then I get to exact a, uh, a penalty against you? What if you're Angela Davis? Angela Davis, Black Panther, famous, right? Turns out one of her ancestors came over on the Mayflower. What do we do with her? What's her penalty? How do we extract vengeance on her for the sins of being a pilgrim, right? Or being descended from a pilgrim? I don't know. Like, to, to me, these thoughts, these ideas, they're not even worth pursuing because they're so outrageously illogical and evil, it's not even worth pursuing. But here we are having to ask these questions and having to kind of walk through these ideas because there are people who would very much like to do that. Brian seems like one of them. Brian views everything through the prism of race. And he prefers to do so, obviously, or maybe he's just been trained to do so. I, I do not. I don't view all things through the prism of race. So I, I view things through the prism of the individual versus the collective. My beef with critical race theory and critical studies is that it's Marxist. That's my beef with it. And they've just swapped out race and identity politics, essentially identity, immutable characteristic. They swap it out for class warfare. That's it, guys. It's not, it's not based on anything other than that. It's Gramscian neo-Marxism. And it has been from the beginning. All right, let me go over here to Mickey. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mickey. What's going on? Hello, Pete. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. Sure. Uh, you just summarized that completely, but I, I, I think it can be stated a little more simple than that. Uh, the idea is divide and conquer. Conquer, uh, conquer yeah. And uh, get into the minds. And that's, that's what they're attempting to do. They've got in the minds of the youth. Uh, they're trying to get in the minds of either side of the race situation. And there are more than two sides to that. Uh, but they're, they're not just trying to get into the minds of the blacks. They're trying to get into the minds of the whites that the animosity is directed toward. And they're succeeding. And that's what causes uh, the, the, the widening of the rift between mm -hmm. the races and uh, makes it easier for them to maintain power right it's a it, uh, right it's a divisive exploitative philosophy that's the yeah that's the that is the purpose uh you brought up the museum in birmingham it's about four or five maybe ten blocks east of downtown birmingham 
I look at it, I'm a uh, white guy, grew up in Mississippi. I live in Harrisburg. Um, my wife and I went to see that just because we thought it was something that we needed to know about. Yeah. And it, it it's very well done. Yeah. Uh, it appears to be a monument uh, of tribute paid to all those who unfortunately lost their lives uh, through hanging and other atrocities. Uh, and they have so, and they have so for folks who are, who don't uh, haven't seen it, I, I would encourage you. Like it's a very powerful. Uh, image that they've created. They, so they have these um, these big slabs. They're like what ten feet high or something, and they have them hoisted up onto uh, like up into the ceiling. They're big stone blocks, and they have the names of the victims. And each block is a county, and counties can request. Um, they they made two of every county, and every yeah. county can request a block. And yeah. I encourage all counties to do so and and put those monuments up. Absolutely. Um, and when you walk down into the into the um, uh, museum, as you walk down, uh, like the floor drops down below you, and as you're walking downward, so as you're walking the the slabs that appear to be like eye level at first, as you walk down, the slabs look like they're being lifted up into the right. ceiling. It's a powerful. Uh, it's it, well, it, very well done. It's it's very similar to a Holocaust museum that we visited in Germany. Mm. Uh, in Nuremberg, uh, the, the purpose of studying history is not to dig up or or cause old wounds to fester and grow. It's to avoid the repetition. Right. It's to heal. That was not positive. Right. Yeah. Uh, I tried to call in one time before uh, to tell you about a, uh, I think it's called Mission Mississippi. It was started in the 90s. It is still going. It is a uh, an institution that purposes to foster restoration of uh, uh, love and amity between the, uh, I guess amity may not be the right word, but yeah. uh, respect between the races. Mm-hmm. And uh, today it's run by a, it was it was started by a guy that ran it for 10 years. He's a guy I would like to give you his name. I, I can't think of it, but they can look it up. Uh, but today it's run by a guy that was a, uh, uh, like the Black Panthers. I got gotcha. you. Like a radical, yeah. Yeah, he was a radical. But now he, he, he he's older. And and he supports this. He's written books books about it. Mission Mississippi. Uh, you said was the name of it. I think it may be Mission Mississippi. Okay. It's, it's uh, also supported by the legislature and by uh, a group of churches. All right. I will look into it. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll take a look. I got to run, Mickey. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Yeah. Mission Mississippi. I wrote it down. I'll take a look for it. It's a Pete tweet from Jalday. Fine work with Brian, sir. Thank you. Um, and I tried to explain to him, but he was too busy talking over me, not wanting to listen. Uh, that when you when you load up the question with a bunch of bigotry on the front end, 
then I'm going to engage with you in a different way than if you call in and you simply ask a question and you are seeking knowledge and discourse, right? If you're seeking to understand. But Brian wasn't seeking to understand. Brian was trying to argue via a a very, I mean, I'm, I'm giving him way too much credit here, but it's like a, it's a, it's a poorly performed Socratic method. It's just not, <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question. But he thought, I don't know, he thought he totally had me dead to rights or he thought this was going to be a springboard to a larger point or something. But if you, if you have a question, just ask the question. But he had to preface it and he had to, he had to wrap it all up in the, in the racism. So, yeah, you're free to call back anytime, Brian. You are free to call back anytime. Craig, welcome to the program. Hey, Craig, what's up? Uh, hey, how you doing today? All right. Well, not too bad. Um, you know, I heard you talking about um, the history is supposed to make students uncomfortable. At least that's the way the liberals want it to do these days. That's what they said in the AP story, yeah. It, it hits me that that's exactly what they want because if they can make students uncomfortable, particularly young white students, Everybody who's uncomfortable is looking for a way out of feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And there's only one way they're going to be offered that with being taught a history that's made to feel make them feel uncomfortable. And that is to find a political party to vote for that's going to right the perceived wrongs of the past. So the ultimate goal here is to try to make these kids, particularly the white students, feel uncomfortable enough in their youth that they look for a way to feel less uncomfortable as they get older. And that's going to be, hey... The Democrats are offering me that carrot so that I can take it and feel less, or not feel uncomfortable. I feel like no. I've righted wrongs. I'm doing good. I'm making up for the past by voting for a party that wants to change all these things. Right. So the word is redemption. The, yes. the, right. The very ones telling you that you are sinful are also selling redemption. And all you need to do is what hire a DEI consultant, run your company through uh, diversity training, want to talk about white fragility, read these books, use this language, vote for this party, right? All you need to do is all they'll give you the whole list of things to do, and then you get redemption. That's correct. Yeah. And the, the Democrat Party is offering that to these students. Uh, they, I think they pretty much think they have the, they're not having to worry so much about young black students because they think they've got that that vote, the black vote locked down, they're more concerned about getting the young white students because if they can just get another small percentage of of, of whites to, to turn to Democrats, they can probably lock this country up with one party rule for, so, for the foreseeable future. It's Well they had I mean they did. They were I mean Democrats ran the country for, you know, four decades, uh, right before nineteen ninety four. So uh, it, it wouldn't be unheard of. But part of the problem, though, that the I think the Democrat Party has, and I've, I've talked about this before, the um, the coalitions, coalitions move inside of the parties, right? And everybody talks about the Civil War happening inside the Republican Party, right? Trumpism and conservatives and neocons and whatever and libertarians, that, that whole fight. But on the left, in the Democrat Party, you've got... Uh, you've got separation occurring inside inside of different groups, and you know you're seeing splintering of the coalition because in, in a in a coalition you've got groups that get ignored more so than others, and those that get ignored will eventually go seek another avenue to get fulfillment, and so that's why you're seeing some uh, some erosion uh, among Hispanic voters away from the Democratic Party. Um, 
but also you're seeing Donald Trump actually did very well and continues to do very well for a Republican um, with black voters. And that's of concern to them. I appreciate the call, Craig. That That is con- that is a concern for Democrats. And that's what um, Terry McAuliffe and Ed Rendell, the former governors of Virginia and uh, Pennsylvania, respectively, that's what they said was the point of all of the redistricting lawsuits. It was to it was to uh, uh, convince particularly uh, black Democratic voters that all the Republicans were racist. That's why they filed all the lawsuits. That was the point. That's it. If they won some of the ra- uh, they won some of the lawsuits, that was gravy. But that wasn't the point. That's what they said, and they said it to Dan Forrest <laughs> and Hal Weatherman because they thought they were Democrats. <laughs> All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. American made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. It's a Pete tweet. Pete, I think Brian would benefit greatly from a degree from Belmont Abbey. (laughs) Yeah, you have would. Great interview with their president. Love today's show. Thanks so much. That is from Duke Powers. Any relation to the energy company? All right, 704-570-1110 and uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. Here's Preston. Hello, Preston. Welcome to the program. Yo, Preston. No, Ryan. I'm not sure where Preston is. Uh, Bernie, after you're done doing all of the research needed for me to take this phone call, could you check with Preston and see if he's still there? All right, thanks so much. <laughs> Ed, welcome to the show. Hello, Ed. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a very timely subject, being that uh, February was uh, Black History Month. They left out a lot of important history that, uh, if explained, would nullify critical race theory. And I'll give you an example. The first slave ship that landed to Jamestown was a Portuguese slave ship containing all blacks, Purchased by two black men that were settlers in, in part of the, 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 you know, before it was a country. Mm-hmm. And, in the, and, of course, Pennsylvania Dutch. So um, what happened was in the 1600s, the Germans that were part of this colonization formed an abolition society to abolish slavery. The Germans never believed in slavery. Well, until like the Nazis. The Underground Railroad to Canada, and many Germans died because of their uh, trying to free black people. And these were all blue-eyed white Germans. Germany was not a country then. There was Germanic, Germanic areas in Europe. They were called Germanic, and they didn't, and they didn't believe in slavery. So this, yeah, there were, yeah, there were all white people are well, evil. Well, you're right. So they would argue that they're not. They would argue that they're not making that assertion that all white people are evil. They're not saying that. They're saying that the they're, that the nation that America was founded uh, 
as a systemically, institutionally white supremacist, racist country. And that's our original sin, and we will never be able to gain redemption for it. And, and conveniently enough, their solution is to tear down all of the institutions of America and replace them with more Marxist institutions. I know it's just a, I'm sure it's just a coincidence, and I appreciate the call. But yeah, like the the uh, the information. Look, I there are things that I did not learn in K twelve government schools up in New York. There are things I did not learn about black history that I wish I had. Absolutely. But that, that I'm not going to like, I don't know what, do I go and I, 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 I dig up the bones of my former principal and, uh, and all the old teachers and the people who set the curriculum and then just like, like beat the bones to dust or something? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? All I can do is just keep learning, right? Try to expose myself to different uh, other uh, ideas and information and stories. That's all. The, the problem is, is that when you start telling people that, that this has to be corrected by you right now, and the way you correct it is to be discriminated against, that that's the corrective. Look, there was a guy who walked around, had 12 friends, talked a lot about not judging people, right, because of where they come from, what they look like. We're all the same. This, I mean, people have been murdering each other based on superficial differences from the beginning of time. And th- that's, that's what we're compelled to rise above. It's difficult. We're supposed to be better than that. We're supposed to learn and not repeat the bad mistakes. That's the idea. All right, let's see if Preston's back. Hello, Preston. Hey, can you hear me, Pete? I can hear you now. Sorry about that. That's all right. I hope I didn't mess up the flow of your show. No, I do that myself. <laughs> What's up? Hey, I just wanted to respond to something that Brian said about what um, he would, we would like, or what, when he asked you what you would like to be taught about black history. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, two things, and I'm a former teacher. Uh, at 18, in 1865, when the Civil War ended, you know, effectively ending slavery, only three to five percent of the population owned slaves, and they were all white Democrat elites. And these are the same white Democrat elites that went on to do the Jim Crow laws, the poll tax, all of that stuff. That's what I would like to be taught. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll take it off the air. And no, I it's, have one quote to leave you with. Yeah. If that's okay. Uh, the famous Martin Luther King quote, we may, came over on, we may have all come over on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. I like it. I like it. Preston, thanks for the call. Yeah, I appreciate it. it, no, it there, there, are, there are stories and details. I was an adult before I learned that the Klan was basically the you know, enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. Now, do I hold, like, I joke, we talk about it all the time, like we, and there was a, a Florida lawmaker who actually introduced a bill that would dis, uh, call for the disillusion of any political party that at any point had as a plank in their platform the support of slavery. And the Democratic Party had that. Now, they don't anymore, but they did. And so it was a troll job that he was doing, right? He's trolling the Democrats over it. And that's what I'm doing when I mention it. And everybody, I mean, when we mention that, we point it out because your, your party has this original sin. It is, it is soaked in it. The Republican Party does not. And you want to you change this historical record and, you know, the big lie here that, oh, they switched sides. 
Everybody, well, they all flipped. Yeah, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Are there racists? Yes, absolutely. I'd like to believe there are fewer racists now. But here's the thing. That, that people uh, that view everything through this prism of race, like Brian was doing, here's the problem. Do you want everybody to view everything through race? Do you, let, let me ask it a little bit more abrasively. Do you want white people to start doing that? I guess Brian would probably think and submit that they already do. But do you want whites to start only hiring white people, only talking with white people, right? This gets into that territory that the Dilbert cartoonist uh, Scott Adams said. And, and by the way, Robin D'Angelo, she said the same thing. She didn't get canceled because she's a white liberal woman. She's an awful. So she gets to say that stuff. She gets to say segregation's okay. I disagree with that. I was raised as a Gen X, one of the best generations ever. Um, we were raised with you know, this United Colors of Benetton commercial mindset, which is that, that the diversity is good. We're all different, and that's fantastic, and we should, that all should be celebrated. But that's what makes America America. you got all these different people, all these different cultures and, and histories and experiences. That's, that's, that's cool. But now you're going to say, oh, no, yours isn't cool. No, no, that one's not cool. Oh, okay. So do you want me to start viewing everything through that, through a race-first prism? Because I understand, you know, demographics, destiny, and all of that stuff. But right now, like, the, the, those numbers, they're, they're not to your advantage, Brian. <laughs> right? But see, again, this, this gets to the idea that we are in a victim culture, a victimhood culture. That's what is celebrated. And so that's why you that, that's why you know when Brian calls in and he starts with the with the attacks these attacks against me what is he what was the point of that the point of that is to identify himself as the victim me as the villain right just automatically based on what race based on race and that's it and of all the things as a libertarian race is the lowest form of collectivism so that's what I think a lot of uh, folks like Brian might not get a lot of progressives in the Church of Woke. I think they don't understand is that, uh, yeah, I, I abhor collectivism, and that's what racism is. That's why I abhor it, too. Uh, all right, uh, let me go over here and get Tara on. Hello, Tara. Welcome to the show. Hello, Pete. Hey. So when is the excuse is going to run out? You got racism. You got herism, hisism. You've got things you can't say. When is it going to run out and really people face reality? Like, start start working. Quit getting your feelings hurt. I, I've heard so much crap that we can't talk about. So oh, well, I do. reality going to hit? Well, so... Um Everyone's different. I know it's a generality uh, uh, generalization that you made, but there is truth in, you know, truth is general. And so there is some truth to that. Yes, but there are people that are actively working to divide people in all sorts of manner. And I don't know what to exp- I mean, I think we've run the gamut of, uh, you know, you got the class warfare. And I mean, all of this springs from the, you know, Karl Marx, the most, you know, probably the most impactfully evil person that ever walked the face of the earth. Uh, with the creation of this uh, ideology and this insanity. And so you try to divide by class first, and, and now we're on to, um, now, you know, now we're into, into race and, and gender and sex and whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. At some point, I, I got to believe, though, that 
Progressives are going to get to the point where they recognize that the smallest minority is the minority of the individual. It is the person. And if you protect that one person's rights, then everyone else's rights get protected too. That's kind of the, that's hopefully, uh, hopefully they get there. If they keep slicing, uh, it's smaller and smaller. Uh, the, the, the demographics, smaller and smaller. They eventually get to the individual. Maybe. I hope. We'll see. Tara, thanks for the call. I want to get uh, Mr. Citizen on. Mrs. Citizen? Yes. Good Citizen? That is that your name? Uh, that's my name on the radio, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to weigh in on the CRT conversation. Sure. I mean, I have like a minute and a half, but you can take it. Okay, thank you. Uh, I've heard a lot of gentlemen call here. I'm a 40-year-old black man, so I'd like for you to hear my perspective on this. Um, this country has always and will be uh, set up for white people. And if there is any resistance to met, met for towards equality, progress towards equality, there's always resistance. I'll also like you frame Democrats and Republicans. Let's just call it conservatives and and uh, progressives during that time period in World War II. Okay. Well, that's not true. Stop calling it and framing them as Democrats and Republicans. Well, they well they they frame themselves as Democrats. They frame themselves as okay. as progressive Democrats, conservative Democrats, and then they were all against the Republicans. They're all against the Republicans because they were they wanted to end slavery and give freedmen the vote. Right, Republic. Yeah, right. Happened in the marketplace ideas, my friend. That happened at the end of the Union Soldiers Bayonet. No, I know. The Republican Party that was formed in order to the Republican Party was formed in order to combat that. Right, that was part of their. That was the part of the whole uh, animation of the party. Anyway, I ran out of time for you. I mean, I, I tried to give you as much time, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, some of some of your comments were. Whew. Man, I wish you'd called at the beginning of the show. Very fruitful dialogue, I think, there. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, though. Don't break anything while I'm gone.